0: This is a HeadGum Podcast. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're the super specials. How do we intro this? Do we have a way of, do we say something? Um, Do we say attention campers and counselors or do we say something else now? Let me see. Let me look up in my notes what we say. People keep coming up with cool catchphrases in these books. And I think we might have adopted one to introduce the podcast. Here's what we say. What? Here's, according to my notes, here's what we say.
1: Yeah. These are not my hands. <laughs> okay. This fact is forgotten by my brothers. Inexplicably, it has always seemed to me. The hands are strong, to be sure, and have created great things for us. But they are not mine, and that counts for something. They forget that the silver on my arms come from a beast that I vanquished. It is the mark of a great evil that I ended, and yet it persists within me. I would struggle to remove it now. I will not remove the silver from my flesh, because I have learned to depend on it. My fault is with my mind. Okay, that's how we intro the... These hands are strong and have created great things, but they are not mine. Is how, and that's what I have written down as my, in my notes, is what we, how we introduce the show. Okay. And that's obviously... What's that from? I think these texts... I have it here attributed to Primark Ferris Manus of the Iron Hands Legion. What is that? Warhammer?
0: It must be from these texts, right? If it weren't from these texts, would you guess that it were from Warhammer?
1: Well, the only other time I've heard of the Iron Hands Legion is... Warhammer, for sure. Okay. Warhammer 40K. But you think
0: it's from these texts and not Warhammer? Because I don't, I don't want to get tricked into saying something that's from Warhammer 40K.
1: I don't know for sure. Okay. I know that there is an Iron Hands Legion in Warhammer 40K, and I am almost certain that there is an Iron Hands Legion in Babysitter's Club Super Specials. So I think these hands are mine. The fact okay. Is, All right. I got you. All you right. Ready? Let let
0: yep. Got it. Yes, I got it. Let me introduce the show. Mm-hmm. Hi Hi Baby Nation, these are not my hands, my fault is with my mind. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. And this is the Babysitter's Club.
1: Super. Club. I think maybe these hands are strong and have created great things, but they are not mine. It's how okay. we intro the show.
0: Okay. Shall I take it from the top? Yes. Hi Hi Baby Nation, these are not my hands. These, these hands are hands-
1: strong. Yep. And they and have created great things, but they are not mine. As Anna Martin used to
0: say. Primark of the Iron Hands Legion. Primark of the Iron Hands Legion. And Ann Martin is, of course, the subject of this podcast, the Babysitter's Club. Um, super. Club. The Babysitter's Club, um, Super Club. <laughs> These are not my hands. This week... I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenrain. And we're going to be talking about a super special called Sea City. Here we come by... The Noodler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what you went with.
0: The Noodler. Okay. Um... The Tender Shepherd, the Little Night Owl, the Ocean Princess, the Screaming Mirror, the Space Mountain known as Snow Mommy, she is the Fast Fingered Swordman, the Condor and the Squall, Ghost Eyes, and Ghost eyes. the Knife, Martin, a Frugal Master. Yes. This week, I already told you what book we read.
1: Mm-hmm. Super Special number 10 by Primark Ferris Manus
0: And... <gasps> no, not yet. Not yet. Jack. Okay. okay. All right. Save it. We got a little. We got Save a it. Little, little sweet treat for you guys. This will be our little secret. This will be our little secret. This book, Sea City. Here we come. Shut to, up. Okay. Epithets. Okay. <laughs> Every week, Super Babies, um, the Knife, the Noodler, the Tender Shepherd, puts an epithet into these books for us to find, so that we may call her by her proper name. So that we may see the many facets that make up Anne M. Martin. Right. We've talked about some of them here, and we're about to talk about another one, which we found in this book. Tanner, did you find any epithets that Anne wants us to call her by in this novel? I found a few. Okay. And I'm not quite sure. None of them
1: them jumped out at me more than the others. Okay. But I definitely think there's a little bit of a run here where one of them is clearly what she wants us to call her. Uh Uh-huh. And I'll just read it. Yep. The van was silent for the next few minutes. I closed my eyes and breathed in the salty air. Just over the causeway, this is number one, a three-dimensional purple cow Mm
0: -hmm.
1: loomed over the road on a billboard. That's our first important landmark on the way to Sea City. The cow, Claire shouted. I pointed to our second landmark, a roadside restaurant. Crabs for grabs. That sounds, that's fun. And then finally, but the third landmark had changed. It used to be a billboard for suntan lotion, which showed a dog pulling down a little girl's bathing suit. Now it was an ad for a local hot dog place. Look, Nikki said sadly, as if he'd just been told sea city had washed away forever. The tushy picture's gone. What does the sign say? Claire asked. Wiener's Wiener's, I read. So I think we've got three options to go with here. Do you? Do yeah. you? Do three you? Three dimensional purple it. cow. Uh huh. Crabs for grabs. Uh huh. And Wiener's Wiener's. And what if I were to tell you that none of those are right? I think one of those surely must be right.
0: The three dimensional purple cow. Tanner, this, I feel like we talk about this every week. I didn't week. say that was the one. I didn't say that was the one. It could be grabs so you for grabs. So think it's wieners, wieners? Every week we talk about this. Crabs for grabs. It's good? It's not good. It, Anne wants us to... She wants to sound ominous and important.
1: Crabs for grabs reminds me of um, Smiles for Miles.
0: Yeah, but that's Ellen. Anne is... She wants to strike fear into the hearts of her enemies. These epithets are enhancements.
1: Okay, well, you have something better?
0: No. We turn to see Jenny, our angel, Prezioso, running towards us. She is a four-year-old who lives next door, and she's one of our campers. Our angel is what her parents call her. But she isn't. She's kind of spoiled. Tanner, I think that Anne would like for us to call her our angel. Because right. she is our angel. our angel. She's not a crab our for grabs. Our angel, our yeah. angel. Won't you be Anne? That's good.
1: Yeah. Uh. Okay, so let's So let's take it from the top. Yeah. Welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Super? Uh, super Club. Um, these hands are not my hands. These hands are hands. strong and have created great things, but they are not mine. Mm-hmm. This week I read a book by Anne the Angel. Angel Martin, our angel, and our angel Martin. This week we read a book,
0: Grabs for Grabs, our angel, and Martin. Wiener's Wiener,
1: <laughs> the wiener to our wiener.
0: <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that's very nice. It's got a real ring to it. That's the epithet. Now, we talked about what happened in this novel. It was an interesting novel. yeah, Strange novel. It was a lot like... Have you read Tristram Shandy? Oh. What do you mean, oh? (laughs) That's not... It was a question. Uh Uh-huh. Have you read... Lauren Stern's Tristram Shandy? (laughs) Yeah, uh uh-huh. Whoa. Yeah, oh, whoa. (laughs) Okay. So did you also feel... Like, there are some analogs, at least in stylistically.
1: Uh, you tell me, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I do. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I would love to. Okay.
1: I would love to get at the bottom of this. Yeah. <laughs> so Sick my, sink my teeth in. <laughs> okay, good. What do you know about
0: 18th century novels in general?
1: So much. Yeah. Um, here's some of my favorites.
0: Okay uh tom robinson crusoe robinson crusoe loved it tom jones right anything by smollett joseph andrews oh so you really like fielding you love your fielding
1: yeah i also love Jonathan swift gulliver's travels obviously what about
0: pamela oh pamela's good
1: or clarissa if we're just doing novels based on women's names okay or camilla richards sin sin uh-huh or evelina great You know what my favorite is, though? What? The Vicar of Wakefield.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. It's a classic. Yeah. Great. Well, this book reminded me of Tristram Shandy by Lauren Stern, one of the greatest novels ever written. Also, one of the first novels ever written in English. It reminded
1: me of The School for Scandal by Richard Brins Sheridan. Lee Sheridan.
0: The play? Yep. Okay. How so? Written in the 18th century. This was written in the 18th century. Dutch. Tr- uh, uh,
1: no, no, no. It reminded me of like the styles of like books. It's certainly that
0: scandalous. Yeah. How... Right. Like
1: oh, you mean like a tale of a tub?
0: Uh, yeah. By Jonathan Swift. <laughs> by Swift. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's satirical in that way. Tanner, this book was a lot like Tristram Shandy in that it's a it's a Shaggy Dog story. Oh, like the Tim Allen movie. <laughs> not like the Tim Allen movie. The point of the novel never really happens until the very end. Like they don't even really get to see City. The book is called Sea City here. we, Tristan Shandy, famously, Tristan Shandy, it's it, the life of Tristan Shandy, and he isn't born until right. three-quarters of the way through the right. novel. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Similarly, the primary narrative thrust of this tale is not borne out until well into the novel and we have these like weird false starts early on you mean Big Bill Big Bill exactly the hurricane Yeah, we have these weird I thought this would be a fun way in and it no 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 I'm right here with you man I agree yeah I love it good the book has these weird false starts where it's like they're supposed to go to see city and it just like never the hurricane is coming but like like they're busy babysitting at home they have this sleepaway camp like some of them think, have homeschool. Yeah, Claudia's got to finish her summers. There's her a summer school. Game. It's strange in that way. So that's one analog. I think uh, Trish from Shandy. Another analog. Another resonant text here is uh, Boy Crazy Stacy. This book is very much a squeal to the great novel Boy Crazy Stacy. Yes, agreed. Um, a lot back in of City. Same cast of characters. Toby, Toby and, and Alex are, are back. back. Oh, yeah. and they seem. They seem. They look different. They've to my into, cynical eyes.
1: They've turned into creeps.
0: They've turned into li- a pair of creeps. Well, Toby. Toby in particular.
1: Alex is, is persona non gratis in this,
0: but... Toby has this... Other than Austin Bentley, can you think of any boy who has dared to date not one, but two babysitters? Um. Well,
1: Logan did... Logan did call Claudia sexy that one time.
0: Yeah, that was weird. So is that does that no, count? I don't think so. I don't think that counts as dating.
1: Okay, well then no, I can't.
0: So Toby's got this weird pull where he like he dates and he only dates babysitters who are already involved.
1: Yes, yes, and he's he goes after young blood. Yeah, in a very upsetting way. And he's and it's revealed at the end of this book that he. Oh yeah, he's interested. He's in a like third. a serial babysitter dater.
0: Well, so this is Tanner. I, this now we're infringing on territory of an important segment that we like to do here on the Babysitters Club. What is it? Super Club. Yes. What is it? It. It's called. Club. 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 Immersed in, in thirst. thirst. Were you immersed in thirst this week? I was, yes. Okay.
1: But not by Toby. Toby's a fucking creep in this book. Yeah,
0: but listen to how he's described. Can I tell you how he's described? Yeah. This is Mal. This is from Mal's point of view typical stacy i thought she would find the guys right away once she had this huge crush on a lifeguard named scott who unfortunately had no interest in her then she met a boy named toby he was a cousin of a parent's helper named alex alex and marianne became good friends yeah we all read boy crazy stacy mallory we all read it mallory stacy and toby actually dated but poor stacy had bad luck again he broke up with her at the end of the vacation i stopped in my tracks when i saw the guy's face he was toby I remembered him, the same wavy brown hair, freckles, deep brown eyes, deep, luscious brown eyes. Wow, he was cute. I didn't remember that about him.
1: But he was also this creep, sexual deviant, predator
0: creep who
1: was just going after all the eleven-year-olds in the. He's only interested in babysitters. He's
0: like fifteen. He may be 15. Mal says he may be 15. He's a pervert. It's weird. He dated Stacy, and then he's, he dates Mallory, and then this is kind of spoiling the 90-second uh, rundown that I'm about to do, but Mallory, at the last minute, decides that she doesn't want to cheat on Ben Hobart. Yeah. And Toby sends her a letter. I'll read this letter. It's This is good. Dear Mallory, I just want you to know, I'm not mad at you at all. In fact, I'm kind of glad you did what you did. If you hadn't, it would have been an uncomfortable date. You have a steady boyfriend, and that's cool. So I guess you wouldn't mind sending me the address of your friend Jesse. She seemed yeah. very nice. How old is she? Is she seeing someone? Hope to hear soon. Toby. I guess it kind of goes back to what you were
1: saying before, though, because maybe he sensed in some way that Jesse was involved with, with Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, and and that's what. That's he's... that's what like gets him going. You know, like he wants to come in and disrupt. Loving and happy
0: relationships. Though. Yeah, especially when the babysitters are involved. What a villain. Yeah. What a villain. It's a
1: very, very specific circumstance under which he gets off. Is like, here's what I like. I like girls who are 11, babysitters, and dating other boys. Right. Yeah. Toby, that's not cool. That's not cool. There were so many hashtag swoon. Yeah. Immersed in thirst moments in this book that I'm having trouble picking. Like, Jesse was really d- hot to trot this week. Who Jessie, is Jesse, she took interest in a man. Here, I'll just read it. A big crowd had gathered. We all applauded. The acapella singers bowed and ran inside, and we all went after them. The four singers scurried behind the counter, ready to serve ice cream to customers. The one with the deepest voice was very cute. hmm He also happened to be an African-American, which didn't hurt. Mm -hmm. Hi, he said. How can I help you? (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, right? That's great. Yeah. He's here to serve. Yeah. But my hashtag swoon, my immersed in thirst moment of the week, Jack, Mm -hmm. I'm taking it back to to basics. Christy spoke up. We'd be better off just moving inland to a motel or something. Leave it to Christy. One statement, and we have a perfect solution to the problem of the year. That's a good idea, Mr. Pike said. (laughs) He glanced out the window, then looked sternly around the room. Now listen, I want everybody to just pack a few clothes into overnight bags. Enough for two days, tops, and I don't want any fighting. This is very serious. We'll meet back here in 15 minutes. We went fast. I have hardly ever heard quiet, easygoing Mr. Pike talk like that. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Com- command me,
0: Zaddy, right? <laughs> command me, John Pike. And there's a reason he doesn't talk like that too often because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Tanner, do you know that when you, you probably don't realize this, when you read something that Mr. Pike is saying, yeah. like, you change. I do. You change. Your voice changes. It, beca- In what it sounds way? like it sounds like a man's voice. <laughs> Whoa! No one has ever <laughs> said
1: I have the man, voice of a man. It's crazy.
0: It's a total transformation.
1: Yeah. Wow. I just inhabit this character.
0: Yeah. It's I very know, it powerful. Like... It's such as the power of John Pike. I read that. And I was just like, whoo! Command me, Daddy. Command right? me. Command me, Daddy Pike." <laughs> I don't like saying. I didn't like saying it. <laughs>
1: someone at work just this week explained to me what z- zaddy means. Oh, what
0: is that? I've been seeing it around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like it honestly took 3 of my like female coworkers to be like, "You don't know what zaddy means?" And I was just like, "No, what is it? Just daddy with a Z? And they're like, "No, it's like someone saying daddy with an like a Bronx accent. It's like
0: zaddy oh now i'm gonna start saying that
1: yeah zaddy i'll see if i can get call me that i would hate that
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway Uh, command me zaddy command me Uh, zaddy pike uh command me command me zaddy pike uh let's describe this novel okay Great. Uh, here's how we do that. The segment is called The 90 Second Rundown, starring Story. me, Jack, me Shepard, Jack and Shepard, and, and introduced, introduced by my by opening, by opening, act, opening act, Tanner.
1: I don't think the segment needs that much of a lead in. Hmm. It's just kind of something we've always done. We'd never. I don't think it works. I also feel like it kind of undercuts. Well, whatever. I said, I talked about both of us. Yeah, no no no. And so it's gonna be on me to really like Yeah. Get the crowd warmed up this for the, and like yeah. get everyone really whipped up about what I'm
0: about what, the ninety second rundowns. So here's how this works. You're gonna yeah. describe this novel. Um, then I'm gonna describe this novel. That's how we do it. Okay, I'm gonna do it um extemporaneously
1: without yep. any foresight or planning as I do every week.
0: Great, as you do everything.
1: As I do everything. Yes. yes and somehow have managed to find a lot of success and fortune and friendships and fans around just kind of like flying off the seat of my pants and Mm -hmm. doing whatever feels right to me. And I guess I'm just very naturally creative and have this raw talent that you can't really commodify in any kind of way or plan around
0: because it's just so beautiful. And I wouldn't ask for anything else from my opening act. Tanner, I would like for you to describe this novel beginning right now.
1: Where were you when the big one hit. Maybe you were in New York, where the devastating effects of Hurricane Bill could be felt far and wide as entire skyscrapers crumbled under the might of the gale and were reclaimed by the sea. Maybe you were in Stony Brook, Connecticut, where it said entire homes were picked up right off their foundations by the force of the hurricane and carried clear to Nebraska, and whole baseball teams disappeared without a trace and with even less warning. Or maybe, just maybe, you were on the Jersey Coast, where the storm surge boiled up and swept away the causeway, where depraved clowns, pirates, and predators took advantage of the closed ecosystem they found themselves in and stalked their naive 11-year-old prey, where castles built on a bedrock of sand crumbled, where windows shattered Where resolves were tested, and where friends became enemies. Wherever you were when the big one hit, just pray you weren't in Sea City. Babysitter's Club, super special, number 10. Sea City, here we come.
0: Command Me Zaddy Tanner
1: Command me, Zaddy. Should that be something we say? now? I actually
0: probably think best not. I like it, and it feels good uh, to say it.
1: It's difficult to
0: once now that I've heard it. What about hard, a shirt? It's hard to get it out of my mouth. Like I want, I want to keep saying it, but I what don't. What about a, a shirt that has a picture of say. John Pike on it, and it says "Command me, Zaddy"? <laughs> but then people would have to wear that. Yeah, people yeah. Would love to wear that. <laughs> We'll <laughs> think about it. I'll start working on it. Good. Um You know what that would be? That would be what Seth Godin calls a purple cow. Three-dimensional purple cow. Yeah. That's where he got it from.
1: Look at this, Jack. What? Guess what I use as a coaster every week while we record the show?
0: What? Worlds of Power, Mega Man 2. By FX9. Yeah. AKA Seth Godin! Whoa! Fuck! Okay, we're going to take a quick detour from the 90-second rundown because I just put this all together thanks to you. Super Babies, as you may have heard when we were talking about the epithets, Tanner mentioned a weird part of this novel where they keep talking about a purple cow. Yes. There's like there's this three-dimensional purple cow that they pass on the way to Sea City and all the babies are obsessed with it, but it's nothing comes of it. The purple cow is also very famous in the marketing world. Because it is the name of a book by marketing entrepreneur slash guru, Seth
1: Godin. Oh, sure. Seth Godin. Sorry, I know him by his main identity,
0: FX9. FX9, the creator of the Worlds of Power novels written by Ellen Miles and Pete Laranges. It all comes full circle. Right. So either Seth got his purple cow idea from Pete. Well, okay, let's not sp- okay. We've got from some a, fun from stuff, this play novel. For later. Yes. Either Seth got his purple cow idea from this novel or Seth insisted insisted that the writers of this novel put his purple cow into it as like a herald for his idea. I feel like
1: I know the ghostwriter of this novel well enough now mm-hmm. to be able to speak for him.
0: Yeah. Or her, or her. We're not saying yet.
1: And I can say that that person Mm -hmm. is the kind of friend and colleague who would just want to shout out, right, a fellow children's book
0: entrepreneur,
1: entrepreneur in a very subtle and fun way, so that when Seth Godin is reading Babysitter's Club Super Special Number Ten,
0: as he probably does most most nights,
1: yeah. He would see that little nod to the purple cow and be like, Oh, you know, like, thanks, name, ghostwriter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think this is an act of friendship and camaraderie on behalf of the ghostwriter of this
0: novel. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. And it's very touching. In fact, it's yeah. my terrible moment. Yeah. Sorry,
0: it's my approach to the bench moment. Yeah, that's my approach to the bench moment this week as well.
1: I'm approaching the judge. I'm going to be like, I think it's very heartfelt and touching that. The ghostwriter of this novel decided to shout out his friend Seth Godin.
0: Yeah, I think that's beautiful, um, Tanner. I'm going to describe this novel now in 90 seconds. Okay. Uh, I'd like for you to put a timer on. Oh, let me Google 90 second timer. One great. second. Great, that's a great way to do it. Apart from other than just like having a second. fucking thing prepared. Timer in five, four, okay, three, okay, okay okay, two, okay, okay. One, go. Um, everybody's going to Sea City. Uh, it's the mother's helpers again. Jesse and Mal are mother's helpers for the Pikes, and they're going to CCD, New Jersey for a long week. Um, but all the other babysitters are going too, mostly because they're going to help the Barrett family, specifically just Mrs. Barrett because she's alone. She's still single. Um, Christy is trying, but meanwhile back in Stony Brook, Christy is trying to get the Crushers ready for a big tournament against Bart Basher but she has to recruit a bunch of weirdo kids in the neighborhood because half of the Crushers are gone Claudia is finishing summer school and she makes some lifelong new best friends Mal in Sea City has a huge crush on this guy Toby who was the guy who dated and then dumped Stacy that causes a massive rift and the first instance of Stacy on Mal crime as they are fighting throughout this entire novel based on Stacy's jealousy of Mal. Uh, Dawn and Marianne hold an outdoor sleepaway camp, uh, and then they don't have much to do in this novel. Jesse is entering all the kids in a sandcastle competition um, that goes nowhere. Um, and Logan is super fucking jealous of Alex, uh, who is the guy who used to date Marianne um, back in Boy Crazy Stacy, who's also. This week in C City, then there's a fucking hurricane. They all shelter in an elementary school, they all survive, and Mal tells Toby that she's still in love with Baby. Babe, 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 babe.
1: Out of time, nailed out of time. It. Mal nailed didn't it. tell
0: Toby anything, yes, she did. I nailed no, it because you ran out of time. No, I got it in right at the end, and that's everything in the novel. I'm confident. Okay, well, fine,
1: you got it right in at the end, but
0: good. Did you good. hit the Job. hurricane? Yeah, I hit the
1: hurricane very, very lightly.
0: Yeah, well, so did. And, and her Ghost well,
1: I feel like I, in my description, talk pretty much exclusively about the hurricane. So yeah, like,
0: well, we didn't need. I didn't need to double up. Tanner, let's talk about the Dewitt paradox right now. <sighs> let's do that. Talk about the Dewitt paradox.
1: Yeah. As soon as we're back, from this brief break. An early one. Yeah, my wife's about to come home. Okay, why don't you say goodbye?
0: He didn't. He didn't. Goodbye. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly-dilly, my lord. (laughs) Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, Visit betterhelp.com slash bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash bedfellows. Tanner! Jack. We promised our listeners that we would talk about the thorny issue of the DeWitt Paradox before this break. Do you remember? It was about five minutes ago. Yep. Do you want to talk about it? No. What do you mean, no?
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? What's the DeWitt Paradox? Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought you were an expert. I consider myself an expert, yes. On the Babysitter's Club. yes. Do you? Have you read any? Most, almost a lot of them. Doesn't seem like it.
1: I've read all of the main books and most of the super specials.
0: It doesn't seem like it.
1: But it, I have, so.
0: <laughs> all right, well, let, let me read you this passage, Tanner, from this Malcolm book. Malcolm
1: Gladwell says, if you do anything for 10,000 hours, yeah, you're an expert. Mm-hmm. And I think reading, reading time plus editing time yeah. plus listening time...
0: Mhm.
1: I have to assume I've put 10,000 hours in.
0: I would think case. so. How many days is 10,000 hours? No, 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 I don't care. I don't care. Hey, I don't, doo, care. Doo, I don't doo, fucking doo, doo, care. 10 Googles What do you think it's going to be interesting to people to know how many days 10,000? 416 days. Okay. That's probably pretty close to how long we spent. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. And if you So
1: I'm an ec- so yes, yeah, so I would consider myself an expert. According to Okay. Malcolm Gladwell's rules for being an expert in something, yes.
0: Well, you don't seem like one. Uh let me see if this jars something loose. Okay. Excuse me? Nothing. I will probably have to hold your hand through this. But let me read you this passage. Tell me if anything jumps out at you. Okay. It's a passage from this novel. It's a super special by Ann M. Martin. She's the writer of the Babysitters Club books. I know who she is. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> Doesn't seem like I'm it. an expert. I'm a master. Okay. Fine. Let me read you this. No, that was not the cry of the Wicked Witch of the West as she melted. It was the happy screaming of seven Babysitter's Club members. Well, there were eight of us. But Logan managed to keep his jubilation to a boyish smile. Claudia, Dawn, Christy, Marianne, and Logan had arrived with Mrs. Barrett's boyfriend, Franklin Harris. He has four kids from a previous marriage. Lindsay, who's eight, Taylor, six, Madeline, four, and Ryan, two.
1: Okay, one thing jumped out at me, and I don't know if this is right, and I don't know what they mean when they say Franklin Harris, Mm -hmm. but the one thing in that passage that jumped out at me was that Franklin's last name is not Harris, it's DeWitt. Yes. But maybe Harris is his middle name? Why? Is where my mind went? Why? Why would... Maybe he goes by, you know what? If I were a handsome, successful architect named Franklin DeWitt, Uh and I commanded a lot of power and gravitas, I would probably go by three names, including my middle name. Oh, yes, I am Franklin Harris DeWitt, architect. You may call me... Franklin Harris,
0: but that doesn't explain why Mallory would call him by his first and middle name. And I know that the ghostwriter of this novel, yeah, studies his character bible. Okay, deeply, he would that's, never make a mistake like that. That's true. Franklin Dewitt is a major, like, major character in these texts. Major, no, disagree in the Babysitters Club main canon universe. Disagree,
1: disagree, one hundred percent disagree. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Why. Peter Laranjus is infallible. Yes. So Franklin DeWitt is not a major character in the Babysitter's Club books. Franklin Harris, however, is. Okay. Okay. Everyone else
0: is wrong. It's like a collective hallucination? I don't know what it is, but everyone else is wrong and Pete is right. Okay, well, let's make this right then. Here are a couple possibilities that are just occurring to me. One, I think this is the most likely. Mrs. Barrett. What's her first name? Doesn't matter. Mrs. Barrett... Before she met and later married Franklin, handsome architect Franklin DeWitt with Paris. four kids. No, let me finish.
1: You're defying Pete's word.
0: Let me finish. I know, finish. I know,
1: I know, I know. I know you're making a point, but you're, you're defying
0: Pete, and that just makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Let me finish. Yes. Mrs. Barrett, before she married handsome architect Franklin DeWitt with four kids from a previous marriage, Lindsay, Taylor, Madeline, and Ryan. Briefly dated a man named Franklin Harris, who also happened to have four kids from a previous marriage named Lindsay Taylor Madeline and Ryan. Oh, huh. That's possibility. Yeah, they're one. common names. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. That's possible. I would accept that, mm-hmm. and that would help me sleep Better tonight. I don't think Pete made a mistake. No, I, I, no, 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 no. Sorry, when I said sleep better tonight, I didn't mean because I was worried Pete made a mistake. Okay, good. I mean sleep better tonight because I was worried that Anne, Ellen, Suzanne, the entity, all of them made a mistake. Right. Obviously, Pete doesn't make mistakes, right? No,
0: it's impossible. Option number two: these novels take place in an alternate universe where unlikely a couple things are slightly different. We know the mysteries do.
1: Yeah, but there's never been any indication before now that these
0: books do. No, that's true. But this is a strong one. This is like Sabrina Bouvier level paradox.
1: Okay. Option three, mm-hmm. Franklin changed his name.
0: Witness protection. Sure. Option four, is wrong and fallible.
1: No, no, no. Not an option. Okay. Option good. three it's is testing you. that Franklin changed his name and there are a bunch of sub options underneath that. 3A is witness protection. Yeah. 3B is cult, maybe?
0: A cult sounds right, and actually that might be the answer because there's a lot of cult activity in this novel.
1: Okay, so maybe that's it.
0: Yeah, okay. Turns
1: out it was option 3B all along.
0: He changed his name to DeWitt yeah. because he joined a cult.
1: Or changed his name to DeWitt because he got out of the cult that forced him to change his name to Harris.
0: Right. Okay, that's great. I think we nailed it. Thank God.
1: Thank God. It Thank w- God. certainly wasn't Pete's fault in any
0: way. No, and never- it's offensive that you would suggest that it might be. Right. That, that was never something we even considered. He wouldn't make a mistake. You seen that guy's character Bible? Yeah. It's- he's not capable
1: of making mistakes. No,
0: he's, he couldn't. He couldn't if he wanted to. It's like okay. God would
1: make a mistake.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't. Um, they wouldn't. Excuse me? I don't like to gender God. Okay, great. This is not a detour I'm interested in taking with you. (laughs) Um, All right, well, so Cultist is our answer. Ding, 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 ding. It's cultists. I was bingo wondering what it was. We got there, and that is a great segue to our next segment, a favorite segment of the Babysitter's Club Super Club called the... You
1: don't even do the breathe-in anymore? (laughs) <laughs> Fearful
0: fear, fear. moment Prepare to be scared Prepare to be scared That's right. We're talking about this week. the monster and the beast we got it all in this is a compli- like whoever's editing this is just gonna be yeah leg. let's
1: cut why don't we
0: cut the rest of those because C- it's, it's just
1: do the fearful moment thing and then it only takes me two
0: it only takes me an extra hour to do all of the like foley work the post team (laughs) sorry me it only takes our producers yeah and and they don't do shit around here anyway so we might as well finally give them some work make them earn their paycheck that's why i wanted to do three unnecessary intros for this one segment (laughs) This is a segment where we talk about the monster and the beast that Anne puts in every single one of these novels. I think I managed to find one of each. I want to start with what we were just talking about, which is the cult. Please. I think that Chrissy lives in a neighborhood full of crazy cultists.
1: Okay. You mean the, oh, you know what? I'm just now remembering. hmm That was my epithet for Anne.
0: Okay. The up and... <laughs> You just got so distracted by wieners, wieners,
1: <laughs> and crabs for grass. Well, I captured several. <laughs> I captured captured several epithets this week, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I love this crabs for grab stuff." But I was like, "Oh, probably Anne. What what Anne wants us to refer to her as mm-hmm. is the Christy lives in this neighborhood that she describes as top out of sights. Top out of sight, I think, is maybe what Anne wants us to call her. Don't you think?
0: Probably. Unless it's a bad call. Right, and I think it is.
1: Okay, so Anne probably doesn't want us to call her something that's related with a bad cult.
0: Right, and top out of sights is, I think it's to do with the fact that the mansions are so high up in the hills that you can't see the top of them. But she describes them as top out of sights. Christy has to go around looking for uh, like, kids. I... Pfft. Somebody should call the cops on Chrissy because she goes around just like ringing on doorbells, asking for the kids of the house. Bring to, me your children. To join her crushers. Yes. Team uh, to fill in for all the kids who are on vacation in the big tournament. Bring me your children. I'll conscript them into the crushes. Exactly. Uh, and the, the kids that she find, are, there's this kid called Quad, Emerson Pinckney Fourth, Quad yeah. for short. And there's a, he, he has a younger brother named Moon. Yeah. Short for P. Archibald, which Moon is not.
1: Yeah. In what way is that short for P. Archibald?
0: And then Christy says he was also, well, moon shaped. Do you think she's talking Hmm. about a waxing gibbeous
1: or a waning crescent? About the um, 1980s McDonald's mascot. Mac tonight. Do you remember Mac tonight?
0: No. Mac I'm a tonight vegetarian.
1: was oh, right. Hmm. How do I explain this to you? Mac tonight was a character created by McDonald's in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. He was created to promote the fact that McDonald's was open late,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he was a jazz singer who wore a suit. And glasses, and played the piano, and, he was and shaped like his, the moon. His head was the shape of a crescent moon. Oh, okay. I think if you Google Mac Tonight, yeah, you'll get a solid idea of what he looks like. Of what this kid looks like. Oh, yeah. Sorry. What of what? Um, Archibald P. Archibald P., P. Archibald looks like. Yeah. Okay. That's useful. He was a very. I think he was a beloved character that a lot of people really loved and weren't. Um, Terrified of when they were children.
0: A great at it's come on, make it back tonight. I can't imagine they would be a man with a moon for a face. But what Christie finds is that a lot of these kids, possibly including Quad and Moon, are already in another little league team. Right. Rich called- kid league. Called the Challengers. Yes. And Tanner, if it's Christie's Crushers mm-hmm. and it's Bart's Bashers, Bart Bashir's Bashers, yes. It can only be, and I ran the numbers on this, it can only be Cthulhu's Challengers. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Because Christie's Crushers is KR KR. Yeah. Bart Bashir's mm-hmm. Bashers. B A B A B A. Mhm. The challengers can only be Cthulhu. C T
0: H. Mhm. It's pronounced C T H. Lovecraft says it's pronounced more like h.
1: Right. And it's spelled in the text C T H A L L E N G E R S. Yes. 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 The the yeah,
0: yeah, sorry, it, it doesn't come across when I say it, but it's the C T H A L L E N G E R S Cthulhu's Challengers.
1: I have like a sneaking suspicion we're 10 books into these nine, ten, ten books into these super specials, mm-hmm. and each week without fail. And the whole reason behind the fearful moment segment is because it's so obvious that Lovecraft has had a hand in either writing or at least inspiring the writing of these books. I think they
0: exist in the same narrative universe. That's yes. just what it is. Yes. yes. Um it's, and
1: it's the Lovecraft universe. In the, fact, Shannon goes to the hills of Vermont. Once again, the hills of Vermont come back. Yep. Yeah. The frequent location in Lovecraft texts. Yeah. The nightmarish hills of Vermont. That's where Shannon
0: disappears to. Yeah. That's and that's her whole plot. She just, just disappears to the nightmarish hills of Vermont. That's it. I don't know why Anne put it in, but I guess now we do. Um, and let, let me read you this passage, Tanner, to put a little bit of a button on it. We've seen this now. This is now the third time we've seen this in one of these super specials. Screeak Mrs. Barrett stomped on the brakes when someone swerved toward her from an entrance ramp. The car skidded a little, and she screamed. Susie shrieked. Buddy looked pale with shock. Barney woke up crying. Mrs. Barrett said, well, I won't say what she said.
1: Okay, right. We've been over this before. Yeah, she said... Something that is... Unpronounceable n- Nearly words. impossible for human tongues to say. And if and we were to say it... nearly impossible for human ears to hear.
0: On this podcast, it would flay your very mind. Yeah. Uh, because it is the invocation of... The Keeper of the Great Old Ones, Cthulhu himself.
1: I just sent our friend Aaron Chack a video of Mac Tonight. Great. By accident. (laughs) I meant to send it to you. Yep. So I'll have to explain that one away in a bit.
0: (laughs) Um... Tanner, before we move on from the segment, let me... That's... I think the monster... Allow me to uh, describe to you the beast. Oh, no. Allow me. Okay.
1: <sighs> there was a creature in the bathroom. It was communicating in no language known to humankind. But one thing was clear. It brought a message of great annoyance. Suddenly... It appeared in my bedroom door. It held up a piece of wet, rectangular pink fabric. The pink one is mine, it said. The green one is yours.
0: Then it stormed away into the bathroom that's fucking crazy i noticed that passage as well also that's dawn's only appearance in this novel
1: yeah dawn has one appearance in this novel and it's a very brief interaction with this this awful monster that comes out of the bathroom to chide her about whose
0: towel is whose towels and then that's it yeah it's terrifying i think and Decided to bench Dawn this week. Yeah. After a few, like, kind of crazy showings. Dawn's had a rough run. But she does show up and she witnesses this beast. But it wasn't your beast, huh? I'm now thinking this might be the same beast. Okay. Um, And I think that this beast first appeared in the novel California Girls by Ann M. Martin.
1: Babysitter's Club. Was
0: that a super special? It's a super special, yeah. Babysitter's Club um it also happened in the bathroom when mallory is looking in the mirror so this is when these beasts tend to show up and when mallory sees this toad Do you remember she looks in the mirror and she sees a toad same thing here you've described this beast there's a second i think description that's an origin of it early on in this novel okay come on let's play a game i suggested i'll start this is when they're they're driving to sea city they're going into the belly of the beast Come on, let's play a new game. I now, suggested. the beast is that big
1: that they're going into the belly of it? It's a metaphor. Oh, okay. Come on, let's play. It's
0: wordplay. I was doing I
1: know, play. but you know we're in a segment called The Monster and the Beast, so when you say the
0: belly of the beast, it's, okay. it, it can be confusing. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. So, sorry, it. thanks
1: for clangifying that? Thanks
0: for clarifying it. Let's not dwell on every verbal miscue. You son of a bitch, let me read this passage. Come on, let's play a new game, I suggested. I'll start a story and everyone will add to it. No, Nikki complained. Okay, you don't have to play Nikki, I said. Vanessa! Once upon, Once upon a, time, a time, there was a big, big, big fat toad who ate something very strange. strange. Your, Your turn. Um, it was a a goober from an old man with a bushy mustache, she said. Convulsing with laughter. She's hysterical. She's hysterical. Her mind is being flayed. Then then he turned green and sprouted hair from his ears. Nikki added. Who did? The old man? That's a misplaced yeah. No it's not. What do you call that? The dangling participle. Dangling participle. It's not. And nor is it a misplaced modifier. Antecedent? Nor is it a misplaced antecedent. Then he turned green and sprouted hair from his ears, Nikki added suddenly interested and went to the barber to have his ears cut off. Who did the Claire? man? said? Yes, this man. How? What are you not following about this? The, I, are we talking about the toad or the man? Once upon a time, there was a big fat toad who ate something very strange. The thing he ate was a goober from an old man. Yes. With a bushy mustache. Yes. Then, then after eating that, he turned green and sprouted. so the toad. Yes, but you just said a moment ago that it was the man, the old man. No, I didn't. You
1: inferred so that this is a confusing. I just think this is a this is muddled language. This is an inexpert deployment of language because I don't know if you're talking about the old man or the toad. I've told you I'm talking about the toad. Toads don't have ears, <laughs> don't
0: they? No. All around me. Familiar <laughs> faces, Jack. They don't. I've seen a toad, Jack.
1: And you've seen a toad, too. They don't have ears. They might have
0: holes that they hear through, but they don't have ears. Another cool fact about frogs and toads is that they have ears. Who says that? Fishandboat.com.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Well, oh, they're an authority. They don't have lobes like us but instead have external eardrums called tympanum. Well, that's not ears. Another, shall I read this again to you, Tanner? Another cool fact about frogs and toads is that they have ears. So you're telling me that this toad had its external eardrums cut off? Yeah, it's horrifying. That it shows up in the bathroom at Sea City and curses Dawn out for taking the wrong towel. Horrifying. Because it woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Horrifying. Prepare to be scared. We told you to prepare to be scared. So if you got scared and you're mad at us, don't be. Because we told you to prepare. Yeah. Tanner, I want to talk about Aeolus, the god Aeolus. I want to talk about how nature in these novels is out to destroy these girls. I think that's what these super specials are about. Mother Nature herself has turned against them. (laughs) What's happening? What's happening? Was that you? Was what me? The music? The no. Sound? I just heard a sound. Was that coming
1: from your side? i
0: It's definitely coming from you. Did you press something or, by accident? I don't think so. Okay. I, I want to talk your about... Side. I think that... Okay, now you're. it's happening and it's very clearly you. Do you want me to finish my I point? I don't think here? it's me. You don't? Okay. No.
1: I think... Is there like a... Are we intercepting someone's cell signal?
0: I don't think that's possible. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Aeolus. Aeolus. So the, there's this hurricane, and in all of these novels, Mother Nature is... Tr- it's very difficult to concentrate with that music. Uh. Excuse me? Uh. What?
1: Uh, Peter, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I love your pulp nymph ways. Especially how your words just dance off the page.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Oh, it's good to be
1: babies. (laughs) Oh, doesn't that feel good? Woo! Doesn't it feel good to have that back in our lives?
0: It does.
1: It's the laryngous moment, Jack. Can you believe it? I can't. We're
0: back, baby. Where did that one come from? We're back. That's from Baby B. Asha. Baby B. Asha. I bet nobody thought that they would get a laryngous moment back on here. But we're back. Pete is back. back. Pete is back. Baby Nation. Super babies. Yeah. Pete ghost wrote this book. You cannot keep those sweet, sweet feet from walking right back into our the hearts (laughs) okay yeah
1: (laughs) i'm loving it and i definitely you know it took a little while but i definitely found that moment i definitely found that sweet moment where it was like i can definitely feel sweet pete's sweet sweet feet treading all over this tender
0: heart of mine yeah that's good i like that a lot i like that a lot and it doesn't hurt it hurts but in a good way it feels good yeah yeah it feels great Tread on my heart, Pete. Command me, Zaddy. Command me, Zaddy. Um, no, I don't want to say that to Pete. <laughs> um, do tread on my heart. You have, and I encourage it. Uh, the segment is about the moment in these novels where we realize that it could only have been written by the great, sweet Peter Larangis and his sweet, 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 sweet feet without even looking at the back of the book where it acknowledges that Pete is a ghostwriter. You can tell because you can, you can, you can sense that pulp nymph dancing across the pages. Tanner, what was the moment where you realized that this could only have been written by sweet Peter Larandris?
1: I have to admit, there was something exciting in the here. The kids were screaming and scarfing down food like crazy. When it was time to head back to the gym, I took Susie and Marnie's hands. Susie seemed agitated. What's up? I asked. I didn't bring my PJs, she mumbled. Me neither, buddy said. Me threether. Ha! Adam chimed in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. So good. Pete, that's beautiful. Fucking incredible. Me threether. That's
1: such a good thing to say. I've lived a long time on this earth, not as long as you. Oh, by the way, Jack, Mm. happy birthday. Gosh, I can't believe we didn't hit this earlier. Yeah. It's your birthday. Yesterday, it was yesterday. Lordy, Lordy.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's keep. Um, Look who's
1: forty, Jack Shepard. Do you any good gifts?
0: Yeah. Like what? I got a keyboard, piano, and. And what? Anything else? Oh yeah, you gave me a really nice gift. <laughs> I was gonna mention it. I was—I didn't thank you because I was going to mention it on this podcast and I forgot. I got an email. Super Babies, I got a very nice email from Tanner today. He has signed me up to be a, a card-carrying member of the T.S. Eliot Society. <laughs> of
1: the UK specifically <laughs> of the
0: UK. I really, really, really hope they send me a card that I can carry in my wallet. I emailed That's- them
1: today and I was like, um, I signed up for this, but I signed up for a friend. Can you just change all the account information to be this name and address? And they sent yeah. back this very like proper email that was like, oh, chip chip cheerio. Uh, yeah, of course, th- that would be no problem, Gov. Uh, yeah. We've <laughs> gone ahead and changed the account information from Tanner Greenring
0: to Jack Shepard. Did they write back and they were like... What seas, what shores, what gray rocks, and what islands, what water lapping the bow.
1: Are you going to go to the uh, 2019 TSLA Festival in... Fuck, a bet I am. What was the name of the town?
0: Gidding on... It's like Shrubbsbury or something.
1: Oh, it's in Little Gidding. (laughs) Little Gidding. It's in Little Gidding. Yeah,
0: so you get the reference.
1: Oh, of course. Right? Don't you? Yeah.
0: It's I'll I'll make it clearer for you. It would be I imagine probably next time they'll have it in the Dry Salvages <laughs> or the Wastelands, am I right? Anyway, yeah, I guess or Burnt Norton. Okay. Or East Coker.
1: So Lordy Lordy Jack is 40. Can you believe okay, it or not? He's so old, he's almost dead. Um my that was my Lawrence's
0: moment. <laughs> mhm. And you had one too? Oh yeah. So this is um we didn't really dwell on this plot because it's kind of arbitrary, but Christy is trying to... Uh, everybody, like all of the crushers are out of town, and she is still determined to uh, have You know what this... sucks? We can no
1: longer say that this show, ah, this is the Babysitter's Club, it's hosted by two guys who are in their 30s who talk about the Babysitter's Club books. Isn't it so funny that these two guys in their like 30s are talking about these books for like... <laughs> teenage and preteen girls we can't say that anymore you know we have to have our publicist like email everyone and be like sorry update your blogs update your your articles and say like babysitter's club club is a podcast by one guy in his early 30s and one guy in his 40s and how they are talking about the babysitter's club books these books written for like teen and young preteen girls Gosh, we should get on that tomorrow, huh? (laughs) Super babies, Jack is utterly unamused (laughs) by any fun jokes about the fact that he is now in
0: his 40s. There's a moment in this novel when Christy... (laughs) Is trying to. One day you're going to turn forty, and I'm not going never, to be here to support never, you. Never, never, ever, I won't support you. I'm in my early thirties, and I will be forever. I won't support you. I'm going to be hanging out with all my fucking awesome new best friends that I make at the T.S. Eliot Society in Little Gidding, and I'm not even going to give you a second thought. I won't even send you a fucking postcard. I'm in my early thirties, and I will be forever for the next fourteen days. Good. Oh yeah. Happy <laughs> birthday. This is late thirties. One guy in his late thirties. Not yet. I guess by the time this episode comes out, I'll be in my. I, we've dwelt 30s. on this for too long. Chrissy is trying to recruit members for the Crushers so that she can field a full team. And she goes into like Watson's Rich Friends neighborhood. And so she meets all these people we've talked about, these like crazy cultists like Quad and Moon, yeah, who have like these crazy fucking names, which is already kind of very Pete, like there's a Pete flavor to it. Yes. But here's this little touch that. Only Pete could have added. It's during the practice when all of, um, all of her new recruits joined the team. Kate Munson was playing catch with Mariah Perkins near the third baseline. Mariah was pitching very gently to her, and Kate was ducking each throw as if it were a hand grenade. Richard Owen had brought a tennis ball to the game and looked confused. Alexandria DeLong had come dressed in a brand new designer baseball outfit. She was trying desperately to wipe off a smudge of dust from her right ankle. In the (laughs) stands, her parents and grandparents were having a champagne picnic and toasting each other. (laughs)
1: They're such rich characters. (laughs) I love the DeLongs. (laughs) The the DeLongs. I want more of the DeLongs.
0: She wears a designer outfit. Do you know
1: what's disgusting about me? What? I want to be the DeLongs. Oh, so do I. I want to be at a Little League game, like doing a champagne toast. Like, it's oh, not even a game. Oh, how delightful. It's
0: like after the fall, their daughter gets invited to a baseball practice, and they're like, time for a champagne picnic. And, like, show up to watch it and, like, lay out the blankets and, like, have their butler serve them champagne while their (laughs) daughter is, like, doing practice at, like, four in the afternoon on a Tuesday. It's fucking masterful. Um. Your Honor.
1: Oh. Yes. I would like. My name is the uh, Right and Honorable Judge
0: Zaddy. Zaddy, Your Honor, uh, the Honorable Zaddy, and what's your uh, your surname? Um, it's
1: ass hot, hot ass. <laughs> okay. The Right and Honorable Judge Hot Ass Zaddy.
0: Okay, well, Your Honor. Yes, Your Judge, Z- Judge Zaddy. We can call you Hot Ass. Say the... Judge Hades, the right and honorable Judge Hades Addy. Yes. I would like to introduce a motion to dismiss. Miss. Yes. <laughs> okay. Motion to dismiss. Hey, hey, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you high. What do you say? Nah, man, I smoke weed. I smoke clowns like you on a b-ball court. <laughs> Miss dis,
1: spelled D-I-S-S. Sure, you think you think that the, the court proceedings are not going the way you thought they would, and you
0: would like to dismiss the entire proceedings. No, no, sorry. I think that there was a great dis, or burn, in a book I read recently, uh, okay. I'd like to talk about it. Okay, and okay. I, can I also... It's very difficult to concentrate with this porpoise crying... Uh, Bailiff. Bailiff. He was telling me... Can you
1: get rid of the porpoise?
0: (sighs) He was telling me before this, like, big... Why is
1: he in the courtroom?
0: (laughs) I can explain, I think. He had this sob story. Apparently, he's an orphan. Okay. Like Orphan Black. No. (laughs) Like Oliver Twist. Okay. He's an orphan. His, uh, his, His parents were eaten by sharks recently okay um and so uh, he's trying to strike out on his own he briefly had some uh, some hope when he became the star of this segment called slabius porpoise but he was summarily dismissed from that segment and now he has nothing he has just Frank. has nothing at all yes well I'm gonna have the bail remove him and he just sit, stands around in the courtroom crying and no. interrupting yeah him. I'm gonna have the bail f- remove him
1: and kick I'm- him to the curb I don't think he has anywhere to go. Good. Okay. <laughs> I hope he dies. But who did this to him? Um, I'm reading here on my sheet that the super babies did this to him. The, oh, the
0: super babies. If that's yeah. somehow possible.
1: I don't know. Yeah. It's it's saying here that like he was not popular with the super babies, and the super babies are directly responsible and culpable for the death of this sad porpoise. <sighs> okay. Well, it's, it's, this is a court of law. I'm just reading I'm reading yeah. the song her notes here Like this yeah. is not me I'm the messenger It's not my fault If you're not I'm just reading here That the super babies Did this to the Slavius porpoise Yeah Yeah Alright and, Bailiff- and the Slavius porpoise
0: oh, I'm sorry I'm reading here The Slabius porpoise's blood Is on super Baby's hands Oh is that what it says? Yes Okay well then, then We don't have anything to worry about No Except the, his cries As he's dragged out of the court And I don't <laughs> love them But no It's very difficult very, Nothing I can very do Very difficult yeah. My
1: hands are tied here Easier if he weren't an orphan, if he had anyway. Super Baby said they
0: hated him. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me, let me introduce this motion to dismiss, by which I mean I'm going to tell you my burn of the week. Yes. My burn of the week this week is to burn on Claudia by Christine. Okay. Hurricane Bill is looming over Sea City. The entire town is trying to evacuate. Yes. The Causeway Bridge is already underwater. Children are screaming. The Pike family is frantically trying to escape before they are all drowned. They're trying to get to a school on a hill
1: to stay yeah. in the uh, gymnasium.
0: Yeah. I was having a dilemma, says Claudia. I was wearing the only long pants I had packed, these over-dyed navy jeans. I was also wearing a loose black cotton sweater over a white tank top. So... If I pack my big purple Hawaiian shorts, which were the next warmest pants, I'd be stuck having to wear an orange striped shirt, which is the only long-sleeved one I brought. Unless I wore the sweater again over it. Uh, Claude, Christy said, Bill's a hurricane, not a fashion show, just. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Good. Yeah. Very good. good. Dismissed.
1: Dismissed. Oh, ca- case dismissed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great awesome we can all go home unlike that porpoise porpoise. who has (laughs) has tanner gamoo
1: sorry gamoo sorry tanner
0: gamoo are you addressing me when you're saying that no i'm saying that i'm saying gamoo it's what claudia says explain Uh, do you even read this book i should have been thrilled thrilled I should have been dancing on my desk. i got gotten decent grades in summer school, good enough so that I was guaranteed to pass even if I flunked the final exam. All I had to do was sit there and not commit a crime. When the bell rang, I would be ready for G-M-O-O-H. Gamu. get me out of here. Here's my problem with Gamu. Okay, what? It's a bad brief. Yeah, it sounds like something a purple cow would say.
1: It's a bad brief because it takes up exactly as many syllables as get me out of here. No, it doesn't. Gamu? Well, it's not gamu.
0: Oh, GMO. You're
1: misrepresenting this because it's spelled in the, the text as G-M-O-O-H. Yeah, that's not good. When the bell rang, I would be ready for G-M-O-O-H. Yeah. You know what takes as many syllables to say as G-M-O-O-H?
0: Get me out of Get here! Get me out of here! <laughs> and it makes a lot more sense. Yes, but I think Gamu. I think there's something there. Well, do you
1: want to know what the real good slang in the, in this? As much as I hate to admit it, other than um, me threether, M- other than me you know what the really good slang in this was? What? This is in a letter to Mr. McGill mm-hmm. from his daughter, stacy How's July life in the Big Apple? Catching any rays on the way to the E train? Just kidding. By the next time I see you, and that's also an abrief, a pretty I see you, good abrief, yeah. but that's not like the, one the I'm intensive about. care unit. I'll be bronze, I hope. <laughs> Mrs. Barrett's renting a house in Sea City near the Pikes, and she asked me if I could go along to help take care of the kids. I said, "Twist my arm." <laughs> no, really. I told her I'd
0: ask permission. Uh, that's cool. Mom says okay. Do you too? I'd ask permission. That's cool. Tanner, I'd like to ask you permission to gamoo right now to leave. I want to leave. Okay. I want to get me out of here. Okay. Okay. You want to gamu? I want to gamoo. This is a podcast with me. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. Thanks for bearing with both of us. Uh, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Please buy our merch, bit.ly slash
1: merch. most of it designed by Baby B. John, at VoxetEvil on Twitter. Please come to our live show, bit.ly slash Live. It's in New York, February 20th, Littlefield in New York, in Brooklyn. We need you there. Please come. If you don't buy tickets, they won't let us do more live shows. Yeah. So all of you who are complaining on Baby Nation, the Facebook group, join Baby Nation, the Facebook group. Right now, about how we're not coming to Wisconsin or Boston or Australia. Yeah, right. We're going to come to fucking Australia. I would love to. I would love to, but first we need to sell at this fucking show, okay? Yeah. And yeah. we're we've there's still tickets for sale, so buy them up, Dingleberries. I'm sorry, I lashed out.
0: Yeah. Please buy our tickets to our Please show. Please come love to, to the see show, you there. We love you, and we kiss you. This week, we read a novel that was called Sea City. Here we come. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book called The Babysitter's Remember. Remember what? I don't know. <laughs> that they, like, they all committed a murder. Oh, it's like, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening next week. I've been Jack Shepard. Say you're who you've been. I And I'm Tanner Greenring. And who you've been? I have been Tanner Greenring. We're yours until I see the salad dressing. And Lordy Lordy. No, come on. Jack is 40. You ruined the whole podcast. (laughs) text each other a lot
1: well we're very close friends and yeah we live that's in true. different
0: states. jesus like a couple teens um i just text you garbage god what a nightmare you just get i just it's like a stream of consciousness of like what i'm doing during the day it must be so unpleasant and then that's you fine. just text me back these like emojis of me kissing a emoji man
1: yeah that's my go-to with you <laughs> yeah
0: all right <laughs> Uh, like looking back at our texts I would
1: say every fifth text I send you is you kissing an emoji man yeah
0: man kiss jack man kiss jack that was a head gum podcast